I got five on it. So RVK, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother J.N. Fiend. That is Jeremy Phoenix. For those of you who are not initiated, we are doing five on it. That's five questions. Then you get five answers from the Raspy Voice Kids. We fill in those blanks. Jordan, spin that beat. Welcome back, RVK Nation, to another edition of I Got Five on It with the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm your host, Jordan Tykeri, and let's get things kicked off with the first blank. Neil Brown's post-game press conference left you feeling blank. Cringe. I feel like the word cringe is overused, but I wanted to cringe. Jeremy was uncomfortable. I felt like he did not take responsibility. He was not gracious. He was not reasonable. His immediate response was not that of which was not the way I want my coach to respond. Not after a game like that. Not to say he did not have legitimate complaints, but it was cringe to me, and I wanted to cringe. And that's how it left me feeling. Cringe. It left me feeling irritated. Uh, That's the most defiant I've ever heard Neil Brown. Uh, He came in the segment, and we'll talk about it next segment when we go in about that press conference in particular. But the way he held himself, the way he let his emotions show, I understand we're right after the the pit game. Like, he just lost. He's feeling the weight just like we're all feeling the weight. Uh, That is probably the least. That's the press conference I like the the least out of all the things he's ever done. And his defined attitude just, just really rubbed me the wrong way. Number two, Neil Brown's Sunday release affected you how? Not at all. His Sunday release, the video basically saying Mountaineer Nation and asking for us to ride with him and die with him had no impact on me, Jeremy. You know why? Because I'm tired of talk. Because talk is cheap, as DMX would tell you very loudly and with some profanities at the end. I'm done with the talking. Just win, baby. It affected me none. Not at all. Hey, man, I'm with you. His Sunday release didn't affect me at all. I understand what he was trying to do. And and for the record, he needed to do it because of his first uh, post-game, re- post, post-game release. He had to do it. Like, I've never seen him do that before. He needed to do it. Somebody got in his ear and said, hey, first one was pretty bad. You need to get out here. The things he said, what else do you expect him to say? He's fighting, you know, like I don't want to say he's fighting for his job, but he's fighting for the, the, the fans of West Virginia to stay with him. He's fighting for his players. What do you expect? So I'm not saying, you know, look, look, I understand he came out, and I understand a lot of people wanted to ride with him, and like, oh, they got back on the horse. What did you expect? What's he's what is what is he expected to say on a Sunday when he re-releases something or or he brings up something new? That right there is what he was supposed to do. Maybe the first time. I was I was truly, truly unaffected by it because like other than just the words, man, we're past the point. We're we're past the point of of phrases and let's go mountaineers and stay dug in. Uh that, that kind of stuff doesn't affect me right now. I'm sorry. And, and trusting doesn't. the climb. Number three, C.J. Donaldson's performance was blank. 
refreshing. It was refreshing to see a running back who had that Steve Slayton one cut and go. Not saying he's Steve Slayton. Please hear me loudly. Not saying he's Steve Slayton. It was refreshing to see one cut and go. Decisive running. Downhill running. Big boy. Big league back. As Chad Scott will tell you. Running out of C.J. Donaldson. That was truly and unequivocally refreshing. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. When's the last time you seen a running back at West Virginia run like that? He wasn't scared. He didn't, he didn't hesitate. The dude knew he was a truth and ran like he was a truth, even though he hasn't been in the backfield very long. C.J. Donaldson put on for our state. That's what he did. I loved it. It was awesome to see running with power, looking just the hunger in his eyes. Now, I couldn't see his eyes from where I was sitting, but I could tell by the way he was running, dude was hungry. I I loved it, man. How could you not love it? How could you not get swept up in it? Now, we're going to talk more about C.J. Donaldson when we go in because there's a whole lot more to say. But that one performance against Pittsburgh, woo, refreshing in Brandon's eyes and and amazing in my eyes. Beautiful. Number four. How much stock do you put in to moral victories? I put none. We're beyond that. We're bigger than that. We're better than that. So we had the best uniforms in college football by multiple accounts, not just uni swag, multiple accounts that we had the best uniforms in college football. That's a moral victory. It doesn't matter to me. We broke records on ESPN for viewership. I love the publicity. I love what it means for the university, but it means nothing to me. We played well against Pitt. We did. We can go through the numbers and going in, but we played well against Pitt, but it resulted in a loss. Moral victories mean nothing to me at this stage because we're in year four of Neil Brown. There's no time for moral victories, only time for real victories. They mean nothing to me. Zero. More victories mean nothing to me. Now, I understand that LSU, the program at LSU, is not the program at West Virginia. They've won national championships multiple with different coaches. But at the end of the game where LSU lost to Florida State, Brian Kelly, LSU's uh, coach, said in the press conference afterwards, I didn't come to LSU to win moral victories. And that's in year one. And that's in year one. Year four under Neil Brown, man. Get out of here with these moral victories. Get out of here. Get out the front door. Or shut the front door. One one of the two. Number five. WVU will blank Kansas. WVU will, without a doubt, in my opinion, I'm certain of this. I would put money on this if I was the betting kind. WVU will beat Kansas come Saturday night. It's a night game. It's in Morgantown. They're hungry, coming off of a loss against a team who has garnered their respect in Kansas, and we can talk about why in going in. West Virginia will beat the Jayhawks. Absolutely. I see people going too far saying it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be 31-13. I guess it's kind of a blowout, 18 points. Um, 
I feel like Kansas is the better team than they were last year. We'll go into that, like we said, when we go in. Uh, I think West Virginia, hearing their um, upperclassman, JT Daniels, uh, listen to Neil Brown, it doesn't feel like I, – I hope Pitt doesn't beat us twice. And, and the way I'm hearing players talk, it doesn't feel like they're going to have that hangover. Either way, I think I think we go in there. I think we I mean, excuse me. I, I think that we host them, and we win in Morgantown our first game, thirty-one thirteen WVU. Well, that's it. The five questions we answered them. Me, I also hate Pitt. My brother, we showed you what we got, brother. Believe me, we are going in. When we go in, we're going to talk about all kinds of topics. Talking about Neil Brown. Talk about Bryce Ford Wheaton. Talk about JT Daniels. Talk about CJ Donaldson. We're going to talk about the offensive line. We got a lot of things that we really need to get nitty get gritty with that we have to pick apart. Man, new week, and we got Kansas coming up. So let's go in. Rack me, boys! More than 100 schools available from home field apparel. If you like comfortable clothes, check them out. They are a partner with the Raspy Voice Kids and the 1012 Network. Use our code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-12, for a discount. On your first order, 15%. Go get it. Tell them we sent you. Welcome on, welcome all. And you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Wreck me, boys! I'm going in, I'm going in, I'm going in, I'm going in. And I'm going to go hard, and I'm going to go hard, and I'm going to go hard. We going in. That's right. Yes, we have Kansas coming up. Yes, we have changed our focus to Kansas, or most of us have. But Brandon, I'm going to take a second just to pause and reflect because I've not been able to get it off my chest. Because I was there in the stadium. I was there at Pittsburgh. I was there surrounded by this disgusting sky blue. Brandon, you know what the biggest thing? There's so many things that make me bad about Pitt. Other than them beating us. The fact that if you look at Pitt, Brandon, I, I was in the stadium. I looked at them. I watched them. If somebody could have pointed out four uh, uh, pieces of material that were older than a year, I'd have been shocked. Because all of them went down to their local store last year when they actually won the ACC and got all their shirts because everything was brand new. All sky, powder blue, or, or whatever color blue you want to say. They're, they're not real fans, and yet they showed up because they won the ACC last year. They showed and, up. And the thing they is, showed out too. No, they did. And it wasn't 75 25. I don't know who told that lie. Trust me, I was surrounded by Pitt fans. It was more 80 20, maybe 70 30 at most. The blues kind of mixed, so you couldn't really tell. But I'm telling you, Brandon, this is what people don't tell you. This is what people don't say. This is what, what, what the team doesn't say because the team is not there in the stands. That when us uh, us fans travel to a stadium hours and hours, get there, find parking after being hours of big-time traffic, go in, whole time being heckled. Yes, it may be a good time at first, but Brandon, you know what happens when your team loses? Do right. you know how it feels to walk the walk of shame? I don't know how many of you have done it. 
But to walk the walk of shame, especially against a rival, they're not saying, hey, you played well. Hey, good game. That's not what they're saying. They're looking for every single person in blue and gold to say, go home, mountain, something very derogatory that that that, that isn't ears. They're, 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 looking, <laughs> they're looking at you, <laughs> pointing, they're pointing through the bus where they're trying to get on. All these, all these young kids look at you, pointing at you, and all you can do, what are you going to do, mouth back? What are you going to do? You can't knock them all out. All you have to do is tuck your tail, speak for look yourself, down. Man. Speak for yourself. No, no, I'm telling you. Tuck your tail, look down, and walk yourself all the way back to your car. Neil Brown. Neil Brown, I understand he was irritated after the game. The thing that really bothered me about Neil Brown is the first couple things he said. The first couple things he said, he said defiant. The first thing you do is get on the mic and say, uh, I, don't, I don't know what a catch is. I don't know what a, uh, a personal foul. I don't know what targeting is. That's what you're going to talk about? That is what you got from this game? Those plays? There was so much more going on, and you're going to identify things that honestly were kind of out of your control because there was so much more in your control. But people will say, hey, fans, fans aren't part of the team. Why are you saying we? I say we because uh, Neil Brown, as bad as he felt, left the stadium with $3 million a year in his pocket. You know what I have for traveling to Pittsburgh, paying $60 a park two blocks away and getting heckled the whole time? A big time minus in my pocket. I went home two and a half hours instead of staying in Pittsburgh on a long, lonely drive home where all I could think about it was my feelings. So, yes, when I say it was a tough time, when I would say it was a rough time, now, granted, in the stadium, I did find some good pit, some good pit fans. I know that's oxymoron, but it's the truth. Some good pit fans. But I'm saying it was rough. And we were there, and we showed out. And when we sang Sweet Caroline in the third quarter, you could hear us, and he referenced that. But I'm tired of our team letting us down. I'm t- I don't care about the moral victories. I don't care Neil Brown saying we played a really good team and we came close. Look, if they were better than us, okay. At minimum, we were even. And at minimum, we made plays to lose it for us. Brandon, that game was in our hands until it went through. No, wrong. Six. 35 left, I believe it was. Fourth in inches. C.J. Donaldson in the backfield averaging 18 yards per carry. You've got the pit defense on their heels. And you don't go for it on fourth down, Jeremy. The game, the game could have been decided then. Time-wise, score-wise, morale-wise. The game could have been decided then, but it wasn't. Brandon? You know why? Because Neil Brown is conservative Conway. Okay? Brandon, it's not just that. Brandon, people want to talk about that play, and I agree. That was the biggest play. Go for it. We saw all weekend people going forward on fourth downs, and they weren't even in that position where they were up on the other teams. And he gave his explanation. Look, dude, just say you're conservative. Tell me you got a tight butt. Then just say that. Pucker. Don't, 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 don't say nothing else because don't get it twisted. Another thing that nobody's mentioned, and I'm going to mention right here, is Neil Brown coming down in the second quarter, going into halftime. There was 22-some seconds. We had a timeout. 
Uh, we could have took a shot to the end zone. We could have taken a shot. We had two touchdowns of Bryce Forward back shoulder throws that scored a touchdown. Why in the world would you not at least take a shot? If you believe in this team, if you believe in this quarterback, if you believe in the receivers, why don't you take a shot? No, 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 no. I remember sitting in the stands and it let it, he was letting it count down. I was like, oh, stop. Okay. He's just kicking the field goal. That's not that big That didn't deal. bother me when as bad. Do, it didn't bother me as bad. It didn't bother until me as bad. Until you compound until you compound it with the fourth and in inches. Put them both together and I say, come on now, tight butt. Yeah. Yeah, he's just conservative, Corey. That's what he is, Jeremy. He just is. He's never going to change. That's who he is. And, and that's the truth. But here's the thing. So I saw a thing where they put the best coaches in the Big 12 and they put Neil Brown at 12 in the entire Big 12. You uh, mean I don't know, 10, 12, 10, 9 or 10, 10. I thought. Nine, yeah, he he was on the uh, bottom echelon, last couple spots. And that's the reason. Because sometimes in close games with even teams, the coach has to make the difference. Now, here's the thing. People brought this out. I, I immediately after the game wrote it down. So don't think I'm copping off of nobody else because I had this wrote down in my phone right after the game ended. That coaches sometimes have to make the difference. And I'll reference the Sugar Bowl, the punt. Rich Rod decided to fake a punt because sometimes they have to make a difference. What other things am I talking about, Brandon? What's the other scenario? The the te- I, I thought you, all right, I'm sorry. I thought you were ready for it. The yeah, Texas, the Texas game. game. Going for two, whole different coach. Holgerson decides to go for two against Texas in Austin. No, 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 no. He did not decide to go for two. He said, let's go win this freaking game. That yes. was the mentality. The mentality yes. was not let's not lose this game. The mentality was let's go win this game. Very big difference. Yep. yep. Two examples. Rich Rod uh, faking the punt. Uh, uh, Holgerson going for for two. Both on the road. We had nothing to prove up in Pittsburgh. If we lose, we're supposed to lose. Take take the, the bull by the horns. Show us. Show us. Make the difference as a coach. But instead, you decided not to. You decided not to a fourth and one, and you decided not to at halftime because you're ultra conservative. I am concerned about the offensive line, Jeremy. I know you said that, and I disagree, but go ahead. The offensive line gave up three sacks. Two three sacks. Them- two, of them, two of them came on the last drive of yep. the entire game, Brandon. Yep. In the most critical you, situation, when you oh, need yeah, yeah. the most. most, most, most critical situation, Brandon. Do you know that Pitt, uh, uh, by Athlon Sports, back in June of 2022, a few months ago, was ranked the th- fourth best defensive line in the entire country, behind Alabama, behind Georgia, and behind Clemson was Pitt. So you didn't give up a sack, big time sacks, until the last drive. Brandon, you gained 190 yards on the ground. Great rushing, great rushing, great job rushing. But the pass protection, just like last year, was not stellar. Because they gave up eight eight tackles behind the line of scrimmage. They gave up seven QB hits, as well as numerous QB pressures, Jeremy. Yes, Brandon, we're playing an elite defensive line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw some things that make me think. Here's what I'm concerned about. Do you know what the strongest position group, according to 1012 Network, was in the Big 12 this year? What? 
defensive line. Okay, good for you. So Pitt what I'm telling you is we're not going to get the is number four in the country, and we still scored 31 points, and we still had 190 yards rushing. And if our guys hadn't dropped passes and not been able to locate passes, we'd have done a lot better. I'm saying I saw a major improvement on the offensive line. So when you're saying that you saw you a major a improvement, 190 yards rushing against a defensive line that's number four in the entire country. Are you are you serious, Brandon? I, CJ I Donaldson. Saw, we're, talking I about C, we're talking about CJ Donaldson off, uh, 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 averaging 17.5 yards carry. No, I know a, that boy's a, bad. 17.9. But yeah, okay. But but I understand that that boy's bad, but he ain't doing it by himself. He has some holes to run through. Are you serious? Jeremy, I, res- I, I, heard I, you. I, I respect the run protection, the run blocking. I'm worried about the pass protection. Okay. I, I hear you, but I think that there's a lot more time because we only – before the last drive of the entire game, we gave up one sack. No, the last drive, we gave up two. Yeah. So before that, we only gave up one. We okay, gave up one yeah, sack yeah, yeah. the sorry, entire sorry, sorry, game, yeah. Yeah. except for the last drive, which was unfortunate. But these are good guys we're playing against. You have to I remember, I, one know, of their best defensive linemen was also out for a lot of the game. Okay, good for you. I, I, I here's the thing. I just, I just got to see more, and I feel like they availed themselves the, the first game. Um, I'm not saying they play spectacular on pass blocking because part of it was JT Daniels being so good, letting the ball rip. Yeah, he getting got that ball of, getting, out of there. He took hits. Brandon, Brandon, he really did. He, can did we you talk, listen right, to his press conference? I did. Go ahead. You did? Go ahead. I did. I, I'm sorry. He's a professor, Jeremy. He's a professor. He's not a professor. He's a guy who wants to be in the league. So I'm not sitting here telling you I don't think he's a mountaineer through and through. But I also say he's going. He wants to go to the league. He knows he knows he has an opportunity to go to the Jeremy. League. He may he, want to go to the league. Say? Who doesn't want to go to the league? You think Jared Dagey doesn't want to go to the league? Yes, you, yes. But you he has think no Jared Dagey has a grasp on say, concepts the way that the way that JT Daniels does? JT, no, no. I'm saying JT Daniels looked great. Uh other than the the ball, uh, he had an interception return for a touchdown. That wasn't his fault. He had a lot of drop passes. Brandon, he looks spectacular. If you're going to look at the glass half full, uh, which you're allowed to do, man, JT Daniels looked like everything. He got the ball. Brandon, do you know he had he was actually under pressure somewhat during the game, and he got the ball out. He fired it quick. He fired it accurately. He didn't throw interceptions. That one is not on him, Brandon. He looks spectacular. So at the end of the game, baby. Don't get caught up on it. Just show that you're a leader and keep saying the right things. I just was impressed. I'm impressed with JT Daniels through and through. His leadership, his toughness, his tenacity, his accuracy, his throwing power, everything about him. He lived up to the billing. Everything they said about him, I believe in. So I love him. And I liked him better. And by the way, I I liked him better than Slovis. The difference was Slovis's receivers. You liked him better than Slovis. uh, Did things. But did you like him better than Will Greer? I do actually right now I do. Me too. Uh, honestly, right now 100%. I like him the real real. And that's and that's what so, that's, so, that's coming from a guy who loved Will Greer. Mountain Greer. Mountain Greer. So yeah, I'm with you. Um but I'll say with Slovis, Slovis receivers are the ones who made the difference. He he had 10-yard catches, 20-yard catches that turned into 60-yard gains because his receivers did something, which turns me back onto West Virginia's receiver Brandon. What do you think about Bryce Ford Wheaton? What do you think about this receiver group, man? The receiver group, they had six drops, one critical drop. 
that turned into an interception for six points. And I tweeted when Bryce Ford Wheaton dropped that pass. I said, I don't care what you've done. You can't do that. Because the truth is, we're not in that game without Bryce Ford Wheaton, Jeremy. We're not in that game without Bryce Ford Wheaton. It's the truth. But at the same time, what he did is inexcusable. You can't drop a pass in the bread basket that JT Daniels made something out of nothing when you're wide open on a drive that you're going down to win the game. You can't do what he did. Now, I'm not demonizing the kid because he played tough, he played hard, and we're going to need him for the rest of the year. And I'm sure few people feel as bad about it as he does. Yeah, I don't know about that. Few people, I said. Brandon, dude's posting pictures post-game on Instagram. How bad does he really feel? Eh, You know what I mean? I don't know, Jeremy. Like, I, I would think I, so. I go back to Pat he, McAfee he, he, and how he's about after his game. Did he post pictures of him making field goals in that game? It was a different era. There after wasn't the social media then. Yeah, and if there was, he wouldn't have. Here's my thing, Brandon. With Bryce Ford Wheaton and Sam James, I, especially, I, I, Brandon, I feel like I feel like they're solid receivers. I don't think they're anything elite. I think everybody will agree. They have elite talent. Ooh, Jerry Porter. Yeah, Jerry Porter could catch. Wait, you, no, 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 no. Like, like make, I said to you over and over again, name me the moment for Jerry Porter. Brandon, all right, all right name me the moment for Jerry Porter. You're going to tell me he could catch? I'm saying he's as athletic as Jerry Porter, yet he can't catch. What are we talking about, Brandon? What are you like? I, I hear you I say that. Like what's your can't point? Catch. I just feel like he's not clutch. Okay, uh, Brandon, not clutch. Have you looked at the last few years? He hasn't been catching balls for forever. Him or Sam James. But I feel like, ball Brandon, I feel like a crucial catch. You're talking one catch. He caught that over ball. How many he drops? caught the ball, that duck on third down that could have yes. been an interception. Yes, it's a 50-50 chance. Flip a coin. Maybe he catches it. Maybe he doesn't. I think he has the ability, but he hasn't showed us. And, and the thing that hits me so hard is you would think after last year, the years before, that, hey, where you harp on, they can't catch. Now it's a big moment. Now they're going to show the difference. Now their seniors are upperclassmen, and they can't be consistent. They are who they are. They are who they are. Players, they're just not elite players. I want to remind you you who who said this first. I feel like you don't remember saying this before the season, Brandon. uh, Okay, great. You just tried to defend him for five, ten minutes, and now you're going to say that. I I, I feel like yeah, you were defending him. I feel like he is who he is is an accurate statement. Okay, my point is this: I feel like they're like Pam off the office. Pam on the office, she's okay. She's kind of cute. But the whole the whole series of the office, they keep talking about how good looking she is and how many people like her. And Kevin's talking about her. And they keep trying to sell you on the fact that Pam is so good looking that everybody likes her. And she's this and she's that. And I, the truth is, look, I know my eyes tell me Pam is not off the chain. So office, quit trying to sell me on something that I've seen and I know isn't the truth. To be fair to the office, I like the analogy. I do. But to be fair to the office, Michael was talking. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. Go ahead. Well, Michael was like, even the hot ones aren't that hot. Okay. He did say that. <laughs> My point is and this. I feel like that's for perfect, By the way, I feel like it's a perfect description of our wide receivers. Even the hot ones yes. aren't that hot. 
They're trying to sell us every year. Jerry Porter. <laughs> Brandon, they're trying. I have eyes. I have I never eyes. accepted the Jerry Porter, by the way. I never accepted I, the second Bears. I hope I'm wrong. He has athleticism. I keep saying every year, I'm like, oh, they could be beasts if they catch the ball. Well, prove it to me. Because right now in the biggest moment, I didn't see it. You know the worst thing about this, and I love that you brought up Pat McAfee. Because when I was in that stadium, all they did was show 13 and 9. I hate that your whole program revolves around one score. 13 and 9. It wasn't Dan Marino, it wasn't Tony Dorsett. It was 13 and 9. Unfortunately, Bryce Ford Wheaton, you're going to be shown on that big board every time we play them. They're going to show that play. You have become legendary because they're going to show that play every single time we play you for the next 100 years. The ball going through your hands. And Pitt picking it off and running it back to to score a touchdown. Now, what I will say is we've had other players greatly affected by that Pitt game. You said Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee has talked about it by to, uh, uh, you know, to everybody about the how that affected him. That game, how it was so huge, how it affected his whole life course. So, Bryce Fort Wheaton, you have the option. Are you going to, you know, put your head down and feel sorry for yourself? And let it define you, or are you going to build something out of it, like McAfee did? Look, the difference is this isn't your last collegiate game. You have a lot more games to play, especially this year in the Big Twelve. We need you to make something of it. I don't want you to forget it, but I don't want to let. I don't want it to define you or haunt. You. I'm hoping, yeah, and haunt you. I hope. I hope by the end of the year that it's something of the distant past, and we can get over it. But as for the moment, that was a rough one, man. And that, that was that was that was a big one, man. You ready to Let's go to CJ? Kansas? No, no, no. Oh, last thing, CJ, CJ uh, Donaldson. Give me your reactions to this running back who broke out out of nowhere. I I love that the coaches saw early enough to play him in the first game, and we didn't have to wait four games like we did for Steve Slayton. I love that the coaches got him touches, but they did not get him enough. And I'm not just saying that off of my own opinion. Neil Brown said, I did look in hindsight, excuse me, watching the film, they should have gotten him the ball more because he did well in his pass protection as well, obviously, as running the football. This kid could be a monster. He does not have top end speed like Tavon or Steve Slayton, but he's got that toughness that I'm going to beat you, that one cut and go, that you're not going to bring me down by yourself, that, that, that swagger. That a lot of guys don't have, especially not as freshmen. I love CJ Donaldson already. And I hope he continues to progress and to bloom into his full potential. Brady, I look at his arms, his arms aren't even defined. And I and I feel like I chalked that up to them trying to make him gain weight to be tight end, which he was supposed to do. This kid isn't even in peak physical condition at running back. Maybe it for tight end, which he was supposed to be, but at running back. This kid has so much room to grow. What I love is that he's killing it and that we're going to have him for the rest of the year and that he's going to grow, grow, and grow. Dude is nasty. I, I can't remember the last running back we had like this. The, and I'm not saying he, like I said, I'm not saying he's Steve Slayton. I'm not saying he's Noah Devine. I'm saying he's he's a better back than we've had the last four or five years. It's a big deal. But I also think it's laughable when people use the age old and he's only a freshman. It's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous, Brandon? 
There's a little thing called the transfer portal, my friend. Amen. Don't tell me about, oh, and just think. No, don't think nothing. Look, nothing is promised. All you're promising us about C.J. Donaldson is that we have home field advantage of recruiting him back to West Virginia next year. All you're promising me is that he's going to be here for the rest of this season, and I'm good with that. But with with the transfer portal, look, age no longer means anything. All you need to tell me is, yes, he has another year of eligibility that we can recruit him back to West Virginia. So that that's what's funny to me, but to watch him play, bro, it was it was beautiful. It was it was refreshing. Like I said, on I got five on it, it was awesome. But for the future years, it means nothing. Hopefully, we can re-recruit him. But that boy is a bad boy, and uh, once he gets in shape, man, it's gonna be nice. Will it be nice against Kansas? By all, oh, let me throw this last thing. This is the first game that West Virginia that Neil Brown has went. His team has went over a hundred yards. And lost. Rush, Sometimes good rush. things come to an end. Rushing. 100 yards rushing and actually lost in four years. Good things come to an end. Unfortunately, it came to end this year. Unfortunately, it came to end against Pitt. Um, that's tough. That's rough. Actually, it really gets on my nerves. But it is what it is. Now, on to Kansas, Brandon. What are your thoughts about Kansas? Kansas' last four games, according to Joe, WV Stats guy on Twitter, Win versus Texas and Austin. Lost by a field goal at TCU. Lost by a possession versus WVU. And then they blew out an FCS team. And as Joel says, that is respectable. The line started out as minus 16 and a half in favor of WVU. Last time I checked, it was down to 13 points. Line moving towards Kansas, meaning the money is on Kansas, meaning the Sharks, the Sharps, the smart people, the gambling fiends, are saying Kansas has got more to offer, and they think they're going to cover. The 56 points Kansas scored last week was the most Kansas has scored since 2007 when they went 12-1. and Did you know that, Jeremy? Not a clue. So while they are playing FCS teams, if you go back and look at their FCS record, they have not been very successful against FCS teams. They were last week. They threw, they ran for 297 yards. So while you're happy about us rushing for 190 yards against a top level defense, which you should be, 297 yards rushing is nothing to sneeze at. I don't care who you're playing. They are legit. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, legit. Not saying that they're world beaters, not saying that they can, that they're going to beat us, but saying if West Virginia is not serious, if West Virginia is not focused, West Virginia will not win this game come Saturday. Got you. I got you. Um, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Kansas playing better than that's the biggest thing. I, I think that Kansas isn't the same team that we remember or that we think of. Kansas is actually getting better. All those stats that you said um, are reasons why they they honestly should feel a lot better because they're doing, you know, they're doing what they should do. They only gave up 190 yards last last week. I understand. It's, it's not a D1 program. But Kansas is evolving. Kansas is getting better. And we're going to have to actually have to play. Now, I said that I think we beat them 31-13. And the reason why is because against Tennessee, was it Tennessee Tech? Brandon, they still have three turnovers. Three turnovers against Tennessee Tech. Two fumbles, one interception. I feel like West Virginia's ball hawks, we can come out there and hopefully get some more. The other thing is they had 290-some yards rushing, you said. 
Yes, but they only had 205 yards passing. I feel like if you're going to beat West Virginia, you're going to beat them. You got to beat them through the air. I agree. Right now. I agree. Especially with Charles Woods being out. So Charles you only Woods threw and for, McCormick. So you only threw McCormick, five McCormick, pa- Remember, McCormick's missing the first half. Yes. You only threw for 205 passing yards against Tennessee Tech. I, I, I That doesn't the, – the ground game – Look, West Virginia only gave up 76 yards to pit the entire game on the ground. And more importantly, um, no, no, no. Anyways, anyways. Oh, yeah. And more importantly, I think Pitt had four of his five starters returning or maybe all five of his uh, returning returning offensive line start. They had a deep running back core, at least at the beginning. That's what they said. They said they had five running backs deep they could go. Point is, we only gave up 76 yards to them on the ground with a good offensive line. Well, so you gave up more than that if you don't count sack yards. Okay, my point is we held them. Rel- we we kept them relatively in control. Kansas isn't going to run up and down the field. You don't count sack yards. We gave up three yards per carry, which is not terrible, but not great either. My point is Kansas is not going to beat us running the ball. They're going to put it in the air, and they only threw for two hundred five yards against Tennessee Tech. Um, I think that's a problem for Kansas, and even though I think they'll be feisty. Uh, they gave up, uh, I think, 190 yards total, about 90 yards rushing, 90-some yards passing uh, around there. So their defense looks out against a, uh, a D2 school. I still think that West Virginia wins 31-13. I, I do like where Kansas is going, but I, I honestly feel like this is the time to get back on track for West Virginia. It better be, Jeremy. It better be. It better be from a coaching standpoint. It better be from a player-focused standpoint. And I like our leaders. I like the Dante Stills, the JT Daniels. I like the focus that we have, that we can have because of the leadership that we possess. So I And can, I hope can it I say this real quick on Saturday. Can I say this real quick? We've heard a lot of things from the players and what they've said, and people get all beyond them. JT Daniels, yes, that's our quarterback. Uh, Neil Brown, rah, let's go. Oh, did you hear what they said? Whoa. There's two different things being identified. Uh, there is the team and coaching reaction and the fan reaction. Team and coaches have to be optimistic. They have a full year full of Big 12 play to go. You have to forget it, and you have to move on. I like that because you have to do that. You have if you're going to be win, if you're going to win, if you're going to be successful, you can't be down on yourself. You have to be full of confidence. Just like JT Daniel said, I came here because I knew we were willing to gut it out and play hard and work hard. Hey, like it. But the other half of that is as a fan, I ain't got to feel that way. I can be mad and be irritated all the way up until kickoff of this week. So there's two different elements that we're dealing with. But, yo, hats off to the players for saying the right things and the coaches for saying the right things. Hopefully it shows up on the field. As fans, the ones who want to be irritated, I get it. Uh, I'm not even going to all these fans who want to, you know, say, you know, off. There's so many fans who want to turn on their other fans as if they're the ones who lost the game. Not even bringing it up. Not even going to talk about it. But, but I hope the players really are focused because I think Kansas don't take them lightly. But I feel like we should win. What do you think about Kansas playing country roads during their practices? Good for them. It's it's a coaching ploy. Just like uh, Neil Brown playing Slovis, saying those expletives about West Virginia in the locker room all day. I mean, uh, all week. It's something to get your kids hyped. This is what you do. 
Uh, I don't understand if you're a coach how you wouldn't use something like this. Kansas is trying to bring in a new culture. Kansas is trying to get refocused. Hey, I get it. Um, let's give them the L and it doesn't matter. It only matters if we lose. That's exactly how I feel. There's no question about this. If you're Kansas, you have to do what they're doing. If you're West Virginia, it doesn't matter what Kansas does. You big boy them. You big brother them. You alpha them. You show them who's boss. In Morgantown, at night, on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> yep. Well, that's all I but got, that's Jay. We got. You got anything else? No, that's all, that's all we got. I know there's going to be plenty of fans in the stadium. Brandon, you mentioned maybe being there. I would be there, but I realize that television ratings are more important to conferences, so I'm going to try to do what I can to be home, watch the television, yeah. to up those television ratings so that we can get into another conference. All right. Well, that's what you got for the Raspberry Voice Kids. As always, like, listen, subscribe, rate, and review. We can do nothing but thank you. We love y'all. Please love us back.